You're listening to Felony Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co-founder of Startup Radio Network. Also with us in the studio, Dave's partner in crime, Lad Justison. And here's a man with a plan, leader of the band, buff and tanned, Dave, the killer bread man, doll. Hey, thanks, Mark. Welcome to the Felony Inc. podcast, and I'm your host, Dave Dahl, founder and formerly, what, here we go again with this crazy stuff, uh, co-founder and creator of Dave's Killer Bread. Put your hands in the air and keep reaching for the stars, motherfuckers. That's what, it, that's what it says right here. As always, with me in the studio here today is my partner in crime and pal, Lad Justison. What's up? You're supposed to say K Pasa. Nah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I don't uh, speak that language. <laughs> well, hey, we're here. <clears throat> and I wanted to tell you on air, because you've been on me about this for forever, but uh, last night I officially started working out again. <laughs> One workout doesn't mean, doesn't mean you're working out again. That's right, but I got a schedule and a mind frame, mindset, that okay. I'm going to do it. Well, now I can fuck with you on a regular basis. There it is. I think, you, think you set yourself up there, man. If you miss a workout. Well, it's not that I'm going to work out every day like you do. No, I don't work out every day. Just to stay in shape. Yeah, yeah. but you got to get in shape first before you stay That's in shape. That's it. That's, that's part, you know, I'm still trying to get in shape, you know, so it's, imagine how much time it's going to take for you to get in shape. Well, see, a lot of people don't realize that I went through a pretty hardcore catastrophe really, with battling yeah. cancer. Most people don't give and a so fuck. And so now, I'm back on track. And uh, the big thing is, I can still get a boner, and that's really what, what matters. Yeah. Uh, that's what your, that's what your boyfriend said. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that is that's really cool that you're doing that. Yes. And um, I mean, I'm going to support you 100 percent with that. And, you know, pretty soon I think you'll be as good a shape as uh, my grandmother. <laughs> but your grandmother was in good shape. She could lift more than you could. <laughs> yeah. I got a weird family. <laughs> well, hey. Also, we'd like to welcome all on our. Uh, Little uh, sound guy here. How are you doing, all on? I am the sound elf from what it sounds like, the way you're describing me. I'll take it. I'll take it. Little sound elf. <laughs> well, by the way, it is uh, 420 today. That's is, our date. Is that relevant anymore? What do you think? It's not really relevant uh, unless you are a serious weed guy that uh, it was that was a down with it before it was legal here. Sure. Um, then it, be, it has like a, a nostalgic feel to it. Exactly. That's how I see it, too. Sentimental value. Yeah. Sentimental. Hey, we just heard something from our guest today, and this is cool. Um, we have an interesting guest. His name is Jamal Gardner, and he's been doing, uh, he's been a client for a long time with his social ignition and uh, some of you might remember Sonia Scavara, Scavarla, but so hard to say, uh, a longtime friend who uh, runs Social Ignition, which is a nonprofit that helps um, particularly ex-felons uh, work on, on their business skills and uh, entrepreneurial um, ideas and, and how to get them to market and so on. Uh, serious challenge, but also there are, uh, I believe, opportunities in that space. Uh, That's Jam so far, so far. Um, You're not seeing that? Like, I couldn't have said it any better um, oh. in terms of opportunities. Uh, the things Sonia's taught me are, like, invaluable in comparison to almost anything I've learned inside, um, if you really want to take the brass tacks and I took Sonia's class from the beginning actually I was one of her first cohorts and literally repeated it every time the 25 bucks was more than oh, yeah. worth it 
Um, it's interesting. The twenty-five bucks uh, is what she charges to get into that course, which is a very small amount to most people. But in prison, it, it is something, and it, it requires a certain amount of dedication. You may, if you to put twenty-five bucks in, you're serious. Uh, I believe. I mean, maybe at least people think they're serious enough to put twenty-five bucks in before they find out the reality of it all. You have to work, right? <laughs> well, I mean. I mean, if anybody who's ever been in person knows, I mean, Sonia's not a bad-looking female. Uh, Decent-looking female coming into an all-male prison mm-hmm. is going to get her slew of people who didn't want to work anyway. <laughs> but Okay. I, didn't think I, that I, I do think $25, I mean, you only make 50 to 75 tops. Right. Um, a month. So $25, that's a third of your income for an entire month. I mean, imagine throwing away a third of your income at home. It, it, it just doesn't work for anybody. But you're not dedicated to anything else other than the yard, really. So, Exactly. Um, in my case, it was uh, I got dedicated to an opportunity I had in there, which was computer-aided drafting, which, you know, I had no idea how much I would love it. Uh, it's not around anymore as far as I know. It might be, you know, a little bit, one or two people in the system or something. But, uh, you know, it's one of my things that I like to, that I'm just dying to make a difference in in, in my life is to uh, help folks in prison have more opportunities like that. And, and this is one of those opportunities. Um, people need to learn that they can create something in their life and make something happen and, and become better people. The opportunities have to be there for them. I wanted to uh, finish this little blurb about you. Um, and then I was going to say, hello, and welcome to the show. Okay. <laughs> I butted but, in, my bad. That's not a problem at all, man. <laughs> I, I prefer that you're talkative because we got to fill up an hour. Uh, Jamal and Sonia have worked together for nearly two years exploring several business ideas in uh, the ignition option. It's been rubbing, though. Boy, it's hard to read this. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been grubbing, which is a business um, that has been his focus for the last six months. Jamal has researched and written his business plan for a family-friendly, multicultural food cart mall. Okay, a food cart mall. <laughs> yeah, Sonia must have wrote that. Um, and then uh, hold she on, hates just the word one pod. second. Jamal, That's there's a little bit more so. here. It says, uh, Jamal has also been exploring a business similar to food trucks, but for hair. What's that you say? Yes, something has uh, spent a bit of time behind bars. Why, why do they put it like that anyway? And he saw a market potential for, he calls it, at this point, simply braids. Well, you know, obviously we didn't do our homework this morning uh, and read this before we got on, on the air. It's okay. Uh, I lived it. We're cool. That's good. So we're gonna get we're gonna get things rolling real good here in a minute. Uh, I just want to say welcome to the Felony Inc. Podcast, Jamal. Thank you guys for having me, and more than anything, thank you for having this platform. I mean, for for guys to get out and really not necessarily shine, but that's what we're doing. And I mean, really, what I take it as is I'm inspiring the next guy who is right on that line of thinking. I'm going to be a convict for life or I'm going to be something else. And while something else is always harder, it is a better life than the convict life. I will say that. That's right. You know, through this class that you took, you know, uh, with Sonia, um, have you witnessed um, any other guys that have uh, kind of took the initiative to do the things you're doing? Yeah. Um... The interesting thing about that is most of them are in the first and second cohort. Like I said, I was there. I took it literally till I left. Um, she couldn't get rid of me. And it said, you guys said six months. I had been working on that grubbing idea for two years with Sonia. So it's been almost six years now. Um, but it, it started like any other idea. I mean, I wanted... I wanted something that I was missing, and everything I got into or got involved into um, in prison actually was about just that. So, like, I got heavily involved in um, Toastmasters. Great. What I felt was missing um, was my ability to talk to people who I didn't see every day. 
There, yeah. There's a way you talk inside, and and that's cool. Like like that's totally cool. You need it. I'm not knocking it, but when you get out, that slang doesn't even translate to the slang Nobody out here. Nobody even overdoes it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it, for me, it, right? For me, it was it was important in Toastmasters. Um, my involvement with that led me to try to become the president. Um, it actually just not of the United States. Oh no 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 Although no! Although you no, probably no. would make a better one than than the one we have now. But no, I I definitely would. I definitely would, and I don't know the issues, and that's what's so sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But neither does he, so we're even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so uh, you know that uh, is is a big factor. Obviously, you know you saw you saw needs that you had to become to better yourself. Uh, and that's really what you do in the market as well, um, is you, you find things that can change the market, that can make the market make a, a better place. You know, ultimately, for me, every every business and every idea I've ever had that was any good was making the world a better place somehow, you know, better bread. Um, no, I, I totally understand. I mean, I come from a, a long line of criminal-minded people. Um, so it's easy to 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 get ro- roped into that whole like lifestyle, but that lifestyle does only one thing: it, it takes. It doesn't give back. Uh, you can try to be the biggest Nino Brown or whoever um, sells drugs or does whatever and tries to give back to the community, but your hands are tied. I mean, you don't pay taxes, you don't stay free. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've learned that doesn't time work. and time again. So For the most part. there's only but so much you can do and that whole lifestyle for me while was really advantageous at the time um, wasn't benefiting me in the way that that I just decided my life needed to and and like I said I tell everybody that it's no easier it's probably harder Um, well it's harder when you're going to prison all the time you know that sucks well in the long run yes in the long run yes um the short-term bursts, like, I did 10 years, so, like, I remember 10 years ago, or 12 years ago now that I've been home for almost, or almost three now, so almost 13, but uh, 12 years ago, like, if I wanted something, I did what I needed to do to get it. It was that simple. And whoever I had to smash in the, in, in the, in the process got smashed. Been there, done that. But when you... I guess try to become an adult businessman. Uh, it doesn't work. So the win lose idea, like or or I must win and everybody I don't care about idea, doesn't doesn't work. One hand washes the other, all the way through the city, much less the state and then the nation. So the thug method, right? You know what I mean. So you're not. It's it's just not going to. It's not going to happen the same way. Besides, you know what? That that can't possibly be as rewarding spiritually, if you will. I say spiritually, I mean like, you know, feeling, doing the right thing and seeing other people benefit as well. You know, to me, that is is its own reward. So um, I think that you have learned this, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, absolutely. And and I've tried to pay it um, forward. so we had a guy named Nick Sparlin. Uh, he was in Toastmasters, couldn't afford it. I started a fundraiser that was basically all set around paying these guys dues. My thought was if they had a club when they got out, then at least if they were paid up in a club when they got out, then they might show, and then that might be the next step to something else. And for me, Toastmasters was just networking. Like It, it was just that, and that's something you will need in in life, not even just business, but in life out here. So I was all about building these opportunities for for guys through Toastmasters, through whatever little endeavor I got into. And I guess it kind of stuck with me. Um, it kind of stuck with me because DOC didn't help me for anything, really. That, that's what it boils down to. Like, I try to take Pathfinders. I try to take... Um, Everything under the sun. I, I want to hear more. I want to hear more about that. I want. Uh, I ended up taking everything but Pathfinders. I was actually denied for Pathfinders. 
told that I had too much time left, I tried to take it when I had seven years left. Mm-hmm. Um, in my head, I got all this time to do. If I'm going to change, take advantage yeah, of whatever you got to do it right now. Because like, if you don't change inside, you're not going to change outside. You are so right. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. And I applied for every program in DOC and got denied one after the other until a parenting teacher actually let me in. Um, and then after that, I basically stayed in the church taking grief counseling, um, which worked out advantageously. My mom passed um, in between two grief counseling classes. But, I mean, grief counseling taught me that coming to prison alone, I, I, I went through some sort of grief. I'm putting my my loved ones through grief and and we're all like dealing with this the same and it's crap i never thought about beforehand yeah. i mean ripple I, effect I, of your actions yeah, yeah. I, I sit around all day and you only think the person that you hurt was the person that you're sitting there for mm. and it's not that like you hurt that person's family all the way down the line and for me it was like tenfold because my crime was all domestic violence related so mm-hmm. the family i hurt was my own so wow. that's that's even worse isn't it Sometimes right yeah. so i i used to sit and dwell in it and did my little three years out in and out of the hole um angry at the world i also came like i'm from new york so i came with that attitude thinking that prison out here was going to be similar to prison there mm-hmm. it's not don't believe the hype um, <laughs> the hype. It's like, all right, you know, if you're going to go to prison, go go in Oregon. You know, uh, well, it's, it's I mean, the bad. It's, it's a great place to go. In some ways, yeah, because <laughs> you're safe. Yeah, um, safer, you're you're yeah. definitely it's safer. It's not as violent. Yeah, but you have to look for violence in there. But you can you can get it if you want it. But in, in, in here, it's also just that hard to to get help. Honestly. Once you leave the law, bur- law library, ain't nobody really trying to talk to you about anything you're doing. And my first fundraiser was at EO, and EO didn't have fundraiser one to speak. I mean, they didn't even have a lifers club back then, and you got maybe a third of your population as lifers. And you don't have, yeah, and you don't have anybody to, that they talk to when there's like these every summer riots going on. So... And, and when he says EO, that means uh, Eastern Oregon Correctional Institution in Pendleton, Oregon, just for anybody who doesn't know that. Yeah. Like, well, probably doesn't and, know. and the name Pendleton might sound hickish enough, but it's not any description. Texas is not a description for what happens out in Pendleton. Okay? And their idea of fundraising was was literally nothing. Like, if we wanted to donate to something, then we could donate and probably not spend the money because they weren't going to create accounts for them. Um, I didn't have the luxury of being a lifer to them, so I wasn't allowed to argue um, on that behalf. Eventually, they allowed Toastmasters to uh, fundraise and then allowed a lifer's club to, to be created. But to do so, you have to have guys who are willing to hear the four million no's to get the one simple yes for six guys to sit in a room and talk about how to make their life a little better. Like, like that's a that's a real real statistic almost. Yeah. I mean, because when you come out, you're going to get a million no's. I know guys looking for a job. Maybe a little, a tad distractive. I mean, uh, exaggerative, but... Um, but yes, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot, but it's that one yes that makes it all worth it. And like my first one was a steak fundraiser, and I hadn't had steak in four years. But you were looking for Man, some steak. Man, when I first bit that steak, it was like food changed all of a sudden. Like food had a flavor, mm-hmm. and and like it had like I got almost feel the vitamins going inside me that I couldn't feel before I love that rainbow steak they got in there you gotta love that you remember Man, that stuff I sure do sure do you have to eat around that? the green just eat around the green mm-hmm. so Jamel um, you know I'd like to kind of take you back a little bit because you know most of the guys we have in here um, you know what they're doing now and, and some of the businesses that they're starting it all starts with a passion with something or, or an experience or something that they, they knew before so while you were in there, um, obviously, you know, um, the, this braiding and the food cart, um, that had to come from somewhere. Where, does that, where did that originate? Um, 
Braiding and food carts came from two places. Um, braiding originally for me came um, as needing a, a hustle. Like I didn't grow up rich, poor. I, I, I hustled for everything I had. So hustling came easy. And it was either honestly sell contraband of one sort or another or find out the most legal, illegal hustle that there is. Mm. Um, braiding just happened to be it. It was permitted on the yard. It just wasn't permitted for me to sell it. Um, so it was, you could barter it somehow. Yeah, so I, I, I did it that way. But the thing about it is I didn't know how to braid mm. at all, at all. But you had time to learn. Not only did I have time to learn, but I, I had someone who was willing to help me. Yeah. And that honestly sparked a whole new like birth, I guess, in what I, I wanted to accomplish. Because I started to realize that my biggest support group, my biggest sounding board should actually be this group, should actually be the same guys that I'm sitting around in prison with. Some I like, some I don't just like life, but like no one else is going to help them. So we all got to help each other. And I went through braiding and tried to keep that philosophy. At the same token, I wanted Jamaican food. Um, I'm Jamaican by and Cuban by descent. So it's easy to find Hispanic food, not really Cuban. Um, but In prison it, or on the streets? Uh, on, on the, the streets, street, yeah. Uh, but it's, it, it, they have a couple of Jamaican places now. Yeah. Um, Around here? Or? Yeah, they, they have, well, actually they're all in St. John's. Not well, hold on one second, uh, Jamal. We we need to take a break, right? I hate to do that. Oh, no. Cut you off, but here we go. I'll talk all day, so feel yeah. free. <laughs> okay, hey, it's uh, CPA Dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Customers decide the value to them. I still can't. I still don't believe that. I really want to test that out, man. Uh, they don't charge you for sending invoices. Phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. Get out of here. They just get the damn job done, lad. That's right. They'll take your balance sheet, smack it in the neck with a lead pipe, and then what? Then what they'll do? Oh, but anyway, you can find them. <laughs> you can find them on cpadudes.com forward slash startup radio before they find you. That's right. They're going to come find you for how you read their advertisement. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't think they're that tough. They're, they're, they're accountants. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, that's yeah. that's the test right there. Well, they can count the punches. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So, Jamel, I mean, I, we'll get back on topic here, but I'm I'm kind of curious um, um, if you can uh, braid Dave's hair. Oh, uh, totally, actually. I started, I learned to, to braid the... That's so kind of thin. We're, we're talking about m markets earlier and, and trying to help people. So if you're in prison and you braid hair, the new skill for you to actually learn is to actually learn to braid white and Tongan hair because the two groups of people who have long hair that never seem to know the guy who can braid that hair is white and Tongan. I had the luxury of having a whole bunch of Tongan friends before I came, so all of them let me like butcher them with their hair until I got, until I got good. Um, and So what kind of braids do you do on a white guy? Like French braid? Uh, um, typically French braids, corn rolls, um, I can box braid. There's a lot um, that the certificate allows me to do, and there's a lot that I can do that I probably won't because I'm trying to specialize in things. That's another thing I, I, I'm, I'm trying to do with the Simply Braids is literally build that platform um, and I don't want to say for men because it's not I'm a gender studies minor please don't attack me feminist <laughs> I'm a humanist but with that same token it's guys that I saw every day it's guys that I knew for years who were braiding and are about to get out and that was their only job for years that is the only thing they can rely on for years it's either that or McDonald's now. And McDonald's isn't going to help them any better than, than, than braiding on the side would, um, in my opinion. So it just makes it 
really beneficial for somebody to come out and say, okay, I have this certificate. I can work in any shop. Um, I can rent a chair anywhere. Does, does McDonald's allow felons? McDonald's does, actually. My brother, it depends on the McDonald's. Mm. Um, and case by case. I, I would assume so. I mean, that's what every employer tells you. Um, right now, my day job um, was a case-by-case, case, of course, um, situation. And even that job, I, I, I don't like calling people less fortunate. I, I help people who need support. I help the, the supported. Um, at, at one point, I'm hoping to not have to support them. So, like, that's my overall The goal is to change goal. that. Right, right, yeah. is, is to change that. So... That's you know, success. In, in a weird way, that's how you I measure success. Success yourself out of a job. Right. <laughs> that's how I measure success. Yeah. Or, or, or just, in, for me, it's just like, we were talking about being spiritual earlier, Dave, and, and like, I don't know if I'm the most, well, I know I'm not the most religious person. Mm-hmm. Um, I have spirituality. It gets tested on a day-to-day basis, but there's no better feeling to me in the world than being able to know that someone had all odds like stacked against them and your 10 cents helped. Yes. You know what I mean? Your 10 cents took them to that dollar that was going to actually make them feed a family, make them do something with their lives. Mm-hmm. And I, like, that's what I was saying about the braiding. Like, I, I never could have replaced that because that 10 cents made sure that I didn't have to call home. And then that 10 cents led me to Toastmasters and and before you know it you have this dollar and now you got this dollar to invest don't know what to do with it I left prison with every certificate they would give me and none of the certificates I needed um, as far as making a life I mean as far as the state was concerned yeah I had anger management great Um, but if you don't learn to manage your anger in 10 years of prison you're not going to learn so (laughs) It's just what it is, and I'm not really trying to, to, to sugarcoat what prison can offer you because they can offer you things. Yeah. They just—it's not that even that it's hidden. It's just there. Mm. No one's talking about it. It's just there. I got my AA in prison um, at OSCI. Now, you had to learn that there's only three prisons in the state mm. that offer it and yeah. how you go about getting into these these programs. and. For the most part, unless it's AIP, nobody's concerned. Unless it's getting out early, nobody's concerned. Mm. So, I mean, I, I had to jump through hoops and, to get and into And that's them. not a good reason, honestly. I mean, it, it's cool. Uh, it makes sense. But it's like, um, in my experience, what, what changed my life was when I uh, said, fuck it. And um, I didn't care what anybody thought, about any, thought of me anymore. I knew I had a bunch of time left, so... It wasn't about getting early out early at that point. It was about surviving my own mind, and um, so I had this great moment in prison where um, I waved the white flag and I got help. It's a big deal to do that. It's kind of like you're telling on yourself, and um, you know, in there or just you know, coming from where we come from, or at least where I come from, you don't do that. Uh, but I'm very happy that I did. And so the thing is. You learned, like all of us who I believe are successful coming out of there, you learned that, hey, it's right now, I need to start doing something. Uh, I need to take advantage of every opportunity that I have. And um, as you started doing that, you probably started seeing opportunities you didn't see before. Absolutely. And I learned that I had a responsibility to people that I never thought I did before. Um Loyalty for me was everything. I was one of those people who was loyal to a fault. And right now the pendulum doesn't even swing all the way or the way that it should. It goes from one extreme to the other. I either love you or I hate you. But um, loyalty is a, is a, it's a, it's a funny beast. Like it can get you caught up into things. And for me, I didn't pay any attention as long as I was loyal that was the, the motivating factor. Whatever came with it comes with it. It took me literally, just like you said, deciding to stop everything I was doing, 
not care anything about the naysayers because the naysayers are your population. And they're, they can be motivators. Man. Let them motivate you instead. And then, and then to find that person because everybody needs that person because I don't, I don't care how many times you've even been to prison um, and may have tried this. If you didn't get it right, <laughs> yeah. you need somebody's help. Um, that's that, a good. That's a good thing to realize. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's a huge thing to realize. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes you realize that you're not the only person out here. Yeah. Um, that the world doesn't survive survive without you. You know, what I mean, I tell everybody who I talk to who's either in prison or out of prison about going to school. Like, not everybody needs college. Um, I'm only going to college for my own selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, my first fundraiser was really for my own selfish reasons. I wanted a stake, but I wanted everybody else to have one at the same time. But it was, yeah, there you go. Um, it wasn't entirely selfish. It wasn't entirely selfish, but that's that's what I learned in, in, in my urge to figure out what I needed as a person, that other people needed those things too, whether they were willing to admit it. You know what I mean? And you have a lot of that in prison. So I, I, I have my fair share of the, the naysayers and and um, the I don't want to even call them the troublemakers because nobody makes trouble for me but me. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that 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 is a, that is a whole me- mentality shift that you're going to have to fight on a day-to-day basis. There are so many people and so many ways, I mean, for people. And if you're like me who tends to be a little money-hungry, mm-hmm. um, there are— there are more ways than you can even imagine anything can be sold in prison. So the power, the power that you discover and you discovered, um, is one of the things and one of the most vital things is realizing that you have the power and blame, blaming and making excuses doesn't contribute to that power. So no matter what, no matter what other people are doing, the system, other inmates, uh, people you used to look up to, uh, or you still look up to, you know, as a person, I, when I say you, I mean us. Um, when you get past that and you and you just take all of it yourself, you just take all of that responsibility uh, and say, look, I can do this, and uh, I don't need any of these people or this system. Well, you know, um, when you talk about loyalty, and you know, it's it's a good quality, of course. But at some point, uh, you got to realize that you have to be loyal to yourself and move forward with yeah. what is best for you, and not you know the collective group there that you've been uh, hanging out with for whatever years, you know. Well, I mean, with that said, I mean it's also important to remember that the if you're changing, that collective group will change. So your collective group will then change and the loyalty will... You're making an impact. Right. The loyalty will then look a little different because most likely people are going to be loyal to you. Like, if you're not doing the wrong thing, people don't have a a reason to hide from what you're doing. So, yeah, it, it, it... it takes a while. Become a leader. It, right. A, it takes a while, leadership. but you're you're in a small group of leaders who are, are going to tell you to brush it off, going to tell you to, hey, read this book or um, call home about it. I, I Like, I know a, a close friend of mine to this day had the nerve to actually call me two weeks ago and ask me for money. Um, <laughs> After all that. No, but this is why it made me so angry because he was one of those people. And when I first fell, he was also my first celly. So he was the guy who, like, wanted to be responsible, I guess, or felt responsible for me at 26, um, yeah. the little hothead coming in. And I didn't last three days. I was in the hole within three days. So How old were you then? 26. Okay. So he was the first one to try to, like, rein me in. And he had, like, I think 18 years left at the time. And... He tried, he tried, he tried, he tried, he tried, but ultimately he ended up saying basically the same things you said, like nobody brought me here, I brought myself here, um, nobody's going to change this for me, I brought. I, I can only change this for me. So he, he had come to that? He had come to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Himself, but... Right, but I don't think... He, I think he was one of those people who wasn't that far off it and, and just kind of, like, made a mistake. I was headed. Mm-hmm. Okay, one way or the other, I was headed to prison. Um, and that was, for me, probably the the, the shitty way out. But 
um, the easier way out would have been death. You know what I mean? So who who wants that? I mean, I'm, I'm good. So <laughs> I have wanted it in the past many, it's been a long time. Um, and honestly, wanting death and being suicidal in my thinking was what led me, was the bottom that led me to um, overcoming it. So it could happen, you know. Yeah. And I mean, I sat, I sat in a hole when I was making this decision to change, not knowing that I was gonna get out and, and that same group of people with loyalty were all of a sudden not gonna have any loyalty. I was all of a sudden gonna be put in a group with the weirdos yeah. and like <laughs> the term weirdo, you can't even say in prison. Weak motherfuckers. Right, so, right. <laughs> so yeah. I'm on the, the, the yard every day working out and ready to fight whoever and you put me in this group because I decided to go to parenting class or I decided to become an education tutor this um, is such a good point right here can you expand on this to the best of your you know knowledge and, oh, and history and experience I, I, absolutely so I'll tell you about grief counseling because it was it was the weirdest little um, part of this whole change so I got out and like I said I applied for everything they wouldn't let me in and uh like that I said, sucks. my mom hadn't even passed yet. I needed to take parenting. Um, I think her name was Miss Holford. Um, but I met her. She put me in parenting, and then after a while, decided to like tell me about this grief class. So in taking this grief class, I realized then toward the end of the class that this would be my small group of, uh, of people who were all getting naysayed against. Mm -hmm. um, so this would be my support group going forward. But it was a weird, it was a weird thing to be like, almost feel forced into this class mm -hmm. because I could not take anything else. Like you just refuse to let me take anything the default. else. And I have to go to this class now and then to actually like have my mind opened and, and, and think about how many people I impacted. Um, when I started to make this change, I was coming out of the hole. And even coming out of the hole, I was thinking I was doing the, the right almost stand-up guy thing. Um, my celly was about to, we were all doing too much, like, like too many CDs. We were just doing way too much, tattooing the whole nine. Mm. Um, I got seven years to do. Yeah. Guess what's happening when the police come? I got it. Yeah. I'll take this. Right on the chin. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. He goes home in two months. I don't give a fuck. All right. <laughs> that's, so solid. I, that's a solid thing to do in prison. I, and that's what I do, uh, only to turn around and find out that the guy who was supposed to go to a program in two months didn't go to the program. I see him four years later at a different institution. IMU or something. Um, yeah, I went to IMU because he went to the program and beat the hell out of somebody there. So he had six months to, to get out. I spent three of it in the hole. Um, for him. For you. Yeah. And the reasons why everybody um, has been through, everybody's cried over their kids, everybody's cried over their girl, everybody's cried over their moms. And, okay, so I lived with it, but... It, it would have made no difference if he was across the hall from me. I would have taken that hit um, knowing the situation. And I'm not going to do it if you got more time than me. Let's be right. real. That's different. But got when I went— lose. He's got I, more to lose. Right. When I, when I went, my—I got a letter, actually, that my son was supposed to come visit me. And if you go to the hole, you have to have your visits pre-approved. Mm. It's only for an hour. My family's driving all the way three and a half hours to get out to Pendleton. And I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I actually still kind of wanted to hustle, but I did know I wanted to be a good dad because I didn't really have one. Um, Were you depressed? Were you ever depressed? You know, I, I tell you the truth, man, I, 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 I didn't even think I knew what depression was until I came home. Mm. Um, but I think back on it now, and I would say that I, I had to be. Like, I had to be, but I, I, I forced myself to think that I wasn't. Well, this, is um, a, this is a moment, real quick, and hold your thought. I just want to interject that people don't want to admit they're depressed. They don't even want to admit it to themselves. But see, depression is something that happens naturally. To people, some people it happens to more 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 than others, uh, for whatever reasons. But you know, being mentally ill is kind of like getting a cold. 
Um, it's just it's worse. <laughs> but being mm-hmm. being depressed is a horrible thing, and you know, but it, it can be a really bad thing. Or it can be part of growth. It can be part of what you're going through. I want to point out to people right at this moment that my mental illness was like the the other side of the coin of my creativity. Um, and when I, I eventually learned to overcome it, uh, medication seemed to work for me and all that. But um, I just want to point out that it's not, it's not shameful. It's not shameful, folks, to... Uh, I, I, I completely agree, wholeheartedly agree. Like, so a, a lot of guys will abuse the system for whatever what reasons, and I'm a strong proponent if you can get it, if you can do it, do it. But behavioral um, health or mental health um, uh, services in, in prison, like, like they're an abused group. Um, people are going in there hoping to get an SSI check when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. I'm crazy. That I know. But that's because my parents are crazy, and I probably got dropped a couple times as a child. But now you say that kind <laughs> of tongue-in-cheek, I'm, I'm sure. Definitely, yeah. definitely. But it, it's... It's... It's not the same as a mental illness. Like a mental illness is something like, like you said, if you if you had a severe cold or the flu or pneumonia, you're gonna go to a doctor. Mm. So go to a doctor, get that help that you're gonna need to to get yourself to. Especially the next if step. it's a, if it's an ongoing thing, something that comes a lot and goes away. I mean that you have to keep dealing with. But anyway, I I'm only saying this because. Um, I think it's really important for people to be able to recognize and do something about about whatever's bothering them, whatever holding you back. So no, I, I completely agree because I do feel I was one who my whole life just ignored it, just completely ignored it, and completely ignored it because I grew up poor. I mean, when you grow up in projects, like everybody around you is poor, you don't realize that certain things are even abused. Like I, domestic violence was normal for me. Like, if you didn't have a mom who got beat the fuck up, then you didn't have a mom. Like, like, like that's how it went. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you, she or was you didn't, asking for it. Or <laughs> you didn't have a dad and your mom doesn't date no more. Like, like that's how it went mm. in, in the places I grew up. So I don't think I even saw prison as a reason to be, to be depressed at all. Um, but I know the feeling oh too well. And it, it's... It's actually the opposite feeling I get when I get a a, a, a no. Actually, no's motivate me for for some weird. I, I get motivated strong by my haters, um, but it, it's the it's the kind of opposite effect when I hear one. Like that just makes me want to do more. Um, it's not time to rest yet, and so like for those who don't know about grubbing. The city put out a, an RFI for Grubbin, which basically they're requesting for any kind of proposal. And like I said, me and Sonia had been ironing out Grubbin for the last two years on paper. And it was just a dream, and I didn't really think I was going to get this proposal. And, of course, I did what everybody who um, gets out thinks that they should do, talk to the other people who are out, and you probably shouldn't. Hold but, on one second. This, I want to talk more about the grubbing and all what you're going to, you know, you're thinking here. This is a good subject. I have to go to a break, and here we go. Pork, do- <laughs> pork bun domains, websites, and internet commerce for the rest of us. Don't be a goddamn pig. Pork bun, where you can get website domain names for your business or personal brand with the lowest prices and amazing free services, lad. Yeah, everyone's heard of .com, .net, or .org, but did you know you can get a domain name that matches what your startup does? If you are a design entrepreneur, you can get a .design domain name. Use your imagination and contact them at porkbun.com forward slash Startup Radio. Goodshit.grubbin. Man, if I'd have known that, I'd have got grubbin.eaten or something. There you go. <laughs> something. So, you know, I'm kind of curious. You're talking about grubbin and uh, this thing that you put in, the application and everything for. Where is this going to be? It's in Portland, right? So it's going to so, be somewhere here? Grubbin was downtown. It was um, at Aikney Square. Anybody who knows um, downtown knows the park blocks. Um, and the big elephant uh, was across the street from us. 
So I like to tell everybody where Grubbin was is basically in the thick of all of the shit. Um, It is literally where I could stand in the middle of everything and watch everybody on the outside instead of being on the outside looking in. I'm looking at a successful entrepreneur here, am I? Oh, maybe it was it was it was hugely successful in in other ways. Um, It was hugely successful to let me know that that it, number one, had a need. Number two, uh, it works. Um, Number three, that I needed way more investment money. Um, So I kind of bit off a little more than I could chew. But. The, the the bite was tasty, um, not in terms of necessarily the money, but in terms of like we were talking all that spiritual stuff. I know my job was to to uproot the homeless. Like I was made to be the homeless gentrifier. Um, go figure. So interesting. Okay. I know that was my job. I knew that from my initial application. I knew, I knew it from the beginning. It was not a question to me. And did I do that? Yeah. Um, but did I do it their way? Absolutely not. Like, Probably there's not. just absolutely no ifs, ands, or ways, or buts that it wasn't their way because, in my philosophy, and it, no lies, definitely due to prison, um, I don't have to live here. Like, at the end of the day, I go home and right. I don't have to live on this street. I don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from. Um, I remember being so mad at cops for having that ability to go home. Just want to take off a head just because you get to go home. Mm. I'll do five more years while you get five months paid vacation just because you get to go home. Yeah, and, and oftentimes you look at them and you I mean, there's the mentality that I used to have and a lot of people have um, that these guys don't deserve to be in that situation where, you know, what's the difference between these guys are, you know, you have contempt for them, right? Uh, But then, but then at some point, don't you get over that? Yeah, I was going to say, usually I I started off with a a shit ton. Like, Mm -hmm. like I I, I still am that, that fuck a cop kind of. Fuck a cop kind of guy. Like I am, I am him. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in the NWA days, so like I mean that shit when mm-hmm. I say it. But I'll be the first to say um, they got a job though. They got a job that I don't envy. Number yeah. one, they got a job I'm not gonna do. Mm-hmm. Like like it's just like I'm not gonna do. It, and period. you're probably not gonna call them either. Um, Except in no, extreme no, situations. Right, unless it's something extreme. But even even that like. I think about a lot of the extreme situations. I have a friend who's never been to prison. And mind you, my whole family who is still living has been to prison um, in one form of another jail prison, um, at least the ones I talked to. It's a family affair. So uh, this family friend of ours comes in. I don't even know the particulars because he knows me. And I'm... I, I was raised that way. You can't snitch and you can't touch kids. Like, I can't do it. I, I just can't. I lose it. Um, so I turned around and and I'm listening to his angst, I should say. And I'm watching someone go through depression um, where I can actually recognize it now because I've been here and, and still crawling out of that hole, but nothing like it was before. And I watched everybody ready to arm up and go searching for this dude who apparently hurt this guy's daughter. They all left, and he returns back into my house about 20 minutes later, and he says, I can't do it. And I said, what's up? He said, "Uh, if I go to jail, who's going to take care of my daughter? I said, nobody. That's a smart move, man. Or, DH, or DHS. Mm-hmm. I said, look, man, there's two things in, in, in life that you'll have to always remember. There's a smart decision and a wise one. Mm-hmm. I said, the smart decision is to rip that motherfucker's head, mm-hmm. clean the fuck off. Mm-hmm. But the wise decision is yeah. to stay out here and let the law do what they need to do so that way you can take care of your family you because can no re- one can do that from inside but you. Or you can sit in prison the rest of your life regretting it. Right. And, and being bummed out. Right. 
So that, yeah, wisdom is, is a big, is a big thing. It took me many, many years to have any of it. So, um, well, it, you would think it comes with intelligence, but it doesn't. Because I'd be the, I'd be the first brainiac to tell you I made more than my fair share of, more than my family's moves. fair share of bonehead moves. Like I can take a couple of my family out of this equation. Mm-hmm. Um, because of all of my bonehead moves, most of them even knowing that they weren't like they weren't destined to work. You skip school, they call home every day. Why you Why are you still skipping? Your dad don't work. Stop it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's a small scale one, but it's, it's it only gets one. right. Right, it's an early one. It only gets bigger. It only gets worse, and it, it doesn't help when the influences that you got are pushing you in that direction and. That's why I used to hate cops um, in DOCs, because I used to feel that not only do you get to leave, not only are, are, are you put here to like kind of hold me down after I've already been sentenced to my time and have to do it, um, you get to leave every day and kiss your wife, mm. and then you want to come here and treat me like this. Well, does, does it ever... Uh, across your mind, I'm sure it has, because uh, you're a smart guy and, and you seem you have, you have some good wisdom too. Now that we're speaking of those two things, um, for me, it was always resentment, resentment, hate, you know, anger toward cops, corrections officers, uh, and others, you know, and, you know, police and all that. I've been beat up by cops several times. Um, I've What's had, in that boat. Yeah, so I, I mean, I know the deal. Um, at the same time, I got to a point where I started realizing that, um, like, for instance, I stopped judging my dad for being a jackass. You know, all my life he was a jackass. All of his life with me, he was a jackass. I mean, well, but my then dad's probably was- going to hear this, um, <laughs> and he doesn't know that part of me either yet. Um, well, our relationship was really strange. Um, but we're trying to work it out now that my mom has passed. But yeah, he doesn't know that about me either. I've, I, I've gotten over it. Um, you know, one thing nobody ever gives us in life, and I mean us, meaning in jail or out of jail people, um, is a manual to raise these kids. Right. No one hands that out at the door. Well said. No, no one is giving it to you. And if we were all getting it right, we would all have Obamas instead of Trumps. But we don't. And that's, I mean, it, uh, of the sign of the times, it kind of shows where we are. But really, it's either here nor there. Um, I had cops, uh, one specifically, Officer Pease, who just always seemed to be there every time I was getting um, sent to the hole. And in prison, we call that jail. So every time I'm going to jail, he's the cop taking me. Um, every time I'm wanted for fighting in a cell that no one caught me on. He's the cop taking me. And But was he a good guy or a bad guy? Well, or, or you nothing? know what? Pease used to tell me all the time taking me um, to the hole that he didn't ever feel he didn't warn somebody he was going to hurt them before he hurt them. Hmm. Um, and he never felt like he has ever taken anything out on somebody because he just didn't like them as a person or because they did something to another officer. And that's a huge thing, um, for me at least, because I know how the officer's group is. I mean, they're a, they're a gang almost themselves, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So you punch one, you're bound to get beat up by every last one of them. And yeah. Or even call them a name. Right, so for, for him to actually t- say that to me and for me to believe it, um, <laughs> You know what I mean? It, it was a big deal. But even when he said it to me, it wasn't like he was trying to impress me. Um, he didn't real. try to... Right, he was real with you. He, he didn't try to impress me until he was actually impressed by me, I should say. So I got a job at DMV, was getting ready to switch for school in DMV, um, over to OSCI, Oregon State Correctional Institution. And, of course, days before I get ready to leave... Here comes one of the naysayers. I'm about to get in that fight, blow on my clear conduct, and I'm uh, going back to, to, to the hole over a basketball game. And about responsibility and, and, and loyalty, man, like the people who were now pushing me 
were pushing me away from those things. Mm. The people who are now pushing me were sitting there like, Mo, you just got a DMV at, or you just got a job at DMV. You're about to make $150 a month. Like, mm. like that is insane money when you're inside. <laughs> I, I would love to talk about that DMV, but how much time do we have? About five minutes? Uh, I'd like, you know, what would you like? Let's let's get down to what you would like to talk to, about before we wrap up. Because well, what I would, that's what matters. What I would like to talk about is what I have going on um, with grubbing and and tentatively called Sim- simply braids. I might find a better name for you guys, um, mm-hmm. which is basically this. It's, it's two things. Simply braids goes through Oregon's natural hair care um, program and. Basically, anything that can be done on there, dreads, weaves, um, as long as they're synthetic. A lot of things you can do with hair that doesn't require cutting, um, um, styling of cuts, in a way, is how they put it. Um, But basically, cutting of any sort, razors of any kind. So if it doesn't involve cutting, chances are it belongs there. And what I want to do is, well, I've already designed and bought, but we have a food cart kiosk basically um that we've invented totally green um would this go in a food uh so right court so you just drop it in a food cart pod um and now while somebody is sitting around getting their food and chilling with their family they can come get how long does it take um, to get a braid well it depends on what you get uh so my business model right now is is set up around me two other people who um, and they're not employees of mine. Everybody work. That's the next thing. I don't want people to work for me in this particular business. I want them to build themselves mm-hmm. and, and move up to another level. Um, Grubbin doesn't really give you an opportunity to do that, um, but it does give guys from prison different opportunities. So originally in Grubbin, I, I was trying to give myself... Not necessarily those opportunities, but an opportunity to get what I really love. And that's like good music. And you actually hear a lot of it in prison. Um, and good art. Um, shout out to David Camp, uh, like phenomenal artist. Did a, a portrait of, of my mother that I will, like, makes me cry every time I see it. Um, but I made sure I stayed in contact with all these people. And I made sure that when they got out, if I was ever having an art show, if I was ever having a music show, yo, you come here. Now, I can't really pay you, mm-hmm. but we can do a tip jar and I'll make, sure you, get, I'll make sure you get food from, from one of the carts. Like, I had this all worked out. And one of my carts, um, shout out to Alan Bell um, from Hannah's, he was in prison with me. So, like, like these are, again, the mm-hmm. people who will support you is the ones I came right back for. And... I wanted to build a place where they could have a chance because no one's going to be there to allow them to get studio time. No one's going to be there to allow them to get into a bar. So they're going to be a street performer. If you're going to be a street performer, be in a place where somebody's going to come eat, have a good time. And now we still do, we still take all that information. We just do it more on an event specific basis and we go to you instead of you coming to us. I'm, I'm seeing uh, a need here. Where... How do people contact you? They can contact me by Grubbin, that's Grubbin PDX, sorry, G-R-U-B-B-I-N-P-D-X at gmail.com. GrubbinPDX.com, G-R-U-B-B-I-N-P-D-X.com. I repeat it. And you can always uh, check out our Facebook page, which is also Grubbin PDX. See me hanging out with the last mayor, not this current one. So how many food carts are going to be there, slash braid carts or whatever? So the goal of Grubbin is to have 10 cultural carts that have all food. Um, the braid cart would be an extra, um, and that's where I'm at now. I don't know if anybody's been out to the Beaverton, the new Beaverton um, food cart pod, but basically how they did it is how I feel like it should be done now they just got robbed. Um, I'm sad to say, mm. being that they are also right next to the police station. But again, like like that, that shows us the mark of where How we convenient. live. Um, but the goal is to have ten, and then maybe one or two that don't do anything um, for food, but to teach some other cultural aspect and celebrate that. Goal is to celebrate diversity. This is great stuff, man. Um, 
I want to stay in touch. I, I, I want to bring you back. Uh, I also have other things. Anytime, anytime. I, I'd, have, I'd like to put you on camera sometime with some one of my other projects I'm working on. Absolutely. Uh, interesting people like you are, you know, always good to have around. And uh, I wish you all the success, man. I, you know, I, I, my heart's a little bit warm here, just thinking. God, I hope he's. I just hope everything works. Hey, I, I also want to personally you. thank you um, for all the work you've done and making sure that guys with, with felonies get hired. Um, a friend of mine, Travis, worked um, for you, and I was planning on coming out and working for you. Like the the idea that even one business was out there that was really geared to to helping us out is a huge thing, and this podcast is another example of that. And my hat's off to you, man, even though I'm not wearing one, but my hat's off to you. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. Um, and I want to continue doing this sort of work and, you know, hanging out with people like you and others who are who get it or, you know, working hard toward the future. Well, I'll give you some names. Great. Let's hear about it. Um, it was after, after this. So I guess I got to say thank you for joining us this week on Felony Inc. with me, Dave Dahl, and that guy, Lad Justison. And our guest, Jamal Gardner. Been what, great, what? Been a great, been a great one. Uh, wish him all the best. Join us this and every week live at StartupRadioNetwork.com. If you don't join us live, you know what? We may visit your house late at night when you're least expecting it. You don't want that felony ink, <laughs> no, sucker. That's right, baby. And make you listen. <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Breaking and entering my ass. <laughs> This will be full on breaking and listening. That's right. Coming up after break is Latino Founder Hour with oh, your hosts, Edgar Navis and Claudia Cardenas. Their podcast is usually in Spanish, so que pasa. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.